something that a lot of businesses don't have perhaps optimized and it's especially important for that top section of the website that people see and there has been various studies that show that those first three seconds of people interacting with your website really are very crucial a lot of people will um, go oh this is not for me and head off um, and so you want to make sure that you're capturing the right people on, on those that that initial impression um, that they have uh, when they first load up your website. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast, where we guide natural health and wellness experts through the pitfalls of marketing. Each episode, you'll learn simple, effective, easily actionable, and heart-centered marketing strategies. And here's your host, Angus Pike. Well, gang, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast Angus Pike here, and I'm excited today to have Justin Meadows joining me. So today we're going to do a health check of your website. We've all got them. They're not a big deal anymore. But if they're working properly, there's really eight steps or there's kind of eight hurdles that you should be making sure that we're going to be jumping over. And when it comes to website health, that ain't anybody better than Justin. So Justin, welcome to the show. Yeah, pleasure to be on here. Thanks. Thanks, Angus. It, um, yeah. I, I've, as I mentioned to you before, I've spent all morning kind of combing through your website uh, mm-hmm. and learning lots and different bits and pieces. I'm excited to kind of talk about this framework. Um, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, just having a website was a big deal. Um, and, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it, that in itself was the wow factor. But nowadays, you know, website is a bit like having a telephone number. We need to have one. But it astounds me when I'm looking at many of the coaching clients that I deal with how many of their websites are horrible. And I'm not even a website expert, and I know lots of things that we're going to talk about today. But before we jump into that, can you give our audience a little bit of a background journey that what brought you up to where you are now and the company that you run and the things that you do? For sure, yeah. So I, I, um, I live in a small country town. I'm uh, not far from Melbourne. I'm up in the um, snowfields near Mount Buller. Um, and I, I started online just playing around with my, uh, my own sort of websites, um, hobby sort of things, um, doing the SEO on them to, to get them ranking and learn that sort of skill. And then, then I started helping out local business owners with their, um, their websites and that sort of thing. Uh, and I found that consistently I needed to do a lot of work to improve their website's performance uh, in order to get better results for them, uh, re- it, like in terms of SEO, but then also what they got from that SEO. And and I sort of that's that's how I sort of got started in this in this um, industry because then I found that fixing up people's websites really was a good business model for me. Um, being in a small country town. Uh, it, focusing on that allowed me to. I've got a team um, that work for me in the Philippines. I hire them um, directly full time, uh, and, and that has allowed me to grow from being in a small country town to servicing people all over the world. Um, and, and, and yeah, so that was sort of why I've sort of uh, got to where I am with my business. Um, and yeah, now we really focus. We, we did a lot of work to start with helping out other marketing agencies with getting their clients' websites um, built and optimised and looking after them. We do hosting and support. Uh, and, and, yeah, now we really focus on, on working directly with business owners as well. So you, you kind of talked about performance and SEO. 
Um, are they different sort of things? As you said, look, somebody at local businesses were coming to you and saying, man, and by can you actually, let's take a step back. What is SEO? What does it stand for? And why is it important? So for some of our listeners, even in that word, SEO might be a new word. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so SEO is search engine optimization, and that is essentially getting your website ranked higher in Google and making sure that when people are searching for your type of service, your website shows up and, and they can easily find you. Um, it's especially important that at least people can find you when they're searching for you. So I know that in the health space, a lot of work comes through referrals from other people saying, oh, this guy helped me out with my back and uh, you know, have a chat to him. You want to make sure that when people Google you on their phone or on their laptop to, to find you, that your website does actually come up and they can get in touch with you. So that's, that's the basics of it. Um, there is a, a lot of technical stuff we could go into with that. That's a whole other podcast episode to really cover all the aspects of SEO. It's, it's quite a complex topic. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, that's, that's the, the basics of it. And, and in terms of performance, um, I've, I've sort of using that as an overarching um, uh, term to sort of encompass getting a result that you want from the website. So is it performing? Are you getting that result? And the result might be getting more um, customers calling you up on the phone or getting more people emailing you um, and inquiring about your services. Whatever that result is, you want to make sure that your website is performing as well as it can be because otherwise you're putting in a lot of effort with your marketing and, and, and that sort of thing. And if your website's not performing, that can really uh, be, you can be leaving a lot of money on the table uh, if people are getting to your website and for various reasons, they're not finding you, it's loading really slow, um, the messaging isn't right or it looks ugly or something else is wrong with it and you're losing that customer. So I think it's, yeah, it's very important because these days website is the, the cornerstone of, of everyone's marketing. Is there some truth, in, and I, I remember reading some statistics from one of the courses I was teaching that, you know, if somebody's searching for a chiropractor, I'm in Port Melbourne down here in, in Melbourne, not far from where you are, and one of the key search terms that someone's going to be putting in is chiropractor Port Melbourne. Now, this is if they're not looking for me directly, but they're looking for a chiropractor in their local area. And SEO would be one of those things that hopefully for that search term there, that I'm going to turn up certainly on the first page and it's close to the top. And then not being up near the top and not being on that first page is really going to impact the ability of somebody ending up at my website. Is that a pretty good summary? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that is basically what it's all about, making sure that you get on the page for the thing that people are searching for to find your kind of service. Yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, which we're about to kind of jump into now. So it's one thing for your site to uh, come up nice and uh, up, up the top and, and rank really well. And really what we're going to talk a lot about is what happens when they click on that button and head on over to your website. What does it look like? We're going to talk about speed and loading rates and uh, mobile flexibility, all those kind of things there too. But you typically talk about kind of eight points. Um, and as you're listening to, gang, I, I'm going to have all these eight points. We'll have a bit of a checklist that we'll put together for you over on the Adio Media podcast section, so under this podcast episode. So if you're driving along at the moment or walking the dog, listen through this. And these is, this is the kind of health check that you would want to put your website through to make sure that you're getting the most out of it. So shall we jump on in with point number one? For sure. Oh. Yeah, so the, the, first, the first one is the first impression. It makes sense. Um, so what is the first thing that people sort of um, feel and, and the message that comes to them when they first 
see your website. And it's good exercise for you to have a look at your own website just with fresh eyes and think about, imagine you're a customer, click on the website and just what is the first thing that sort of jumps out at you and, and that sort of thing? What is the what is the message that you receive from that website? And uh, I do see this as a uh, something that a lot of businesses don't have perhaps optimised and it's especially important for that top section of the website that people see. And there has been various studies that show that those first three seconds of people interacting with your website really are very crucial. A lot of people will... Um, go, oh, this is not for me and head off. Um, and so you want to make sure that you're capturing the right people on, on those, that, that initial impression um, that they have uh, when they first load up your website. And so doing the, the most important thing there, um, I, I think, is to identify your core target market and then have a clear message that um, speaks directly to that core target market. So it's, it's a trap that a lot of businesses, I'm guilty of this as well. You have a lot of things going on. You can serve a lot of different people. There are probably a lot of different solutions that you can provide to a lot of different problems. But you've got to think about what is the one problem that you would love to solve day in, day out, and you want to get more of those types of people um, to come to you so that you can solve that type of problem. If you can identify what is that core then make sure that your messaging really speaks to that core very clearly. And it doesn't mean that you need to eliminate the other things that you do in your business and the other problems that you can solve, but you want to make sure that you're speaking very clearly to that problem and people will still realise that you have other things that you can do. People assume that normally. Um, and so you're not going to be turning away people by focusing on that core message. When, when you're talking about kind of that messaging, is that messaging in, are we talking about text and photos and video or all of those kind of things? And then what are some of the big mistakes that people make as far as those first impressions? Yeah, so it really is all of the above. It's a combination of images and text and video. So certainly images are very powerful, they're instant. And then that text, you need to make sure that it is very clear. There's not too much going on. The biggest mistake I see is people trying to put too many different messages on, on the front page of their website and they have too many different offers or things going on or, or stuff that they're trying to say because as business owners we do things evolve and you add new things to your business and you realize oh we could be doing this better or something like that and you just chuck it all on and quite often over time it'll just get cluttered with all these things and and you've lost that clear message sheet you've got to make sure there's a hierarchy of um things that grab your attention so that first clear message that really pops out and, and stands out and that you get initially needs to be your core one. Then you can have other things further down the page or, or hidden in, in less, less sort of attention grabbing ways. Um, but yeah, you've got to make sure that you, you structure the hierarchy of those uh, messages to your audience. Justin, I often see websites now with these I help statements right at the top of them. So, you know, it, it might be, you know, I, I help elite athletes stay on the field or I help people get rid of low back pain and sciatica naturally. So are those kind of statements helpful? Is that the kind of thing that you're talking about? Keep it really simple, really clear with an I help or we do or we serve that kind of big heading statement at the top. Is that, would that be helpful? Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it is important to um, talk about the customer and the customer's problem, not about yourself. 
So that's another big mistake that it's, I think that people are getting better at it these days, but a lot of the early websites, you know, the common thing was to have welcome to blah, blah, blah business, you know, on the website. And that's yes. not really a message that connects with the person who's in pain. Um, you've got to say, we help solve this problem. And then they go, all oh, right, I'm in the right place. I've got that problem. Yes. And they keep reading, you know, so you've got to make sure that you're thinking about it from the, the, the customer's point of view or your patient's point of view. And then what about images? Because, you know, many of the practitioners that are listening to this now, we're complementary, we're alternate health practitioners. We're as much about, you know, promoting a well life as we are about helping people out of their aches and pains. And so often I see these pictures on their websites of happy families walking on the beach hand in hand, you know, they're, they're very obvious stock images. Now, should we be using stock images like that or should it be photos of the practitioner? What, what's your feel with, with what should be on the homepage? That, that is a tricky question and it will depend on the business owner and their type, the type of business that they have. I think that it is good to focus on the results that you want and the feelings that you want to achieve for your customer. So having that kind of thing is a positive message. It's probably better than going with a negative message of showing pictures of people with um, broken body bits or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, however, another, another um, thing to do is, and, and this actually is a nice segue into the next topic is um, build trust with your audience by having that personal connection. So if you're happy to put your face on there and, and have that, um, human and personal sort of connection. That that is another way that you can use imagery that um, connects with with the patient, um, and and it's not necessarily that sort of um, you know stock kind of um, generic imagery. So it, also, you can be very if, if you um, if you dig around, it does take a bit of time, but you can find some stock imagery that. Uh, is, is better than others. So it's, yeah. We're, we're seeing, you know, it's a slight segue, but the reason to kind of ask that question is that, you mm. know, with many of the Facebook ads that we run with Adio Media, you know, having great stock images, you know, three or four years ago used to be great. But nowadays, you know, the kind of photos that tend to get the best click-through rates for us and engage with our audiences most are just photographs of me doing things like drinking a coffee, those kind of things there. And I wonder if it is that, because what you talk about is there is that trust element. And I think, look, in all businesses, whether you be going to a plumber or you wanted to go get your pictures framed, trust is important. But I think particularly with us as healthcare practitioners, it, you know, when somebody's handing their body over, so to speak, there is that real vulnerability. And I think anything that we can do to build trust, what other elements should we have on that page there that would build trust? So possibly a photograph of us. What other, what other really good key trust elements for us to put in? Yeah. Um, so apart from having, yeah, having a bit about you and providing that kind of personal connection and having a bit of personality in, in your website and about page and that sort of thing that talk about, um, you know, how you help people, where you've come from, that sort of thing. Another, another good thing, um, is to provide lots of helpful content and, and try to show that you can solve and that you care about solving the, the kind of problems that they have. And I know that you talk about this a lot, having video especially where you're talking about solving people's problems uh, really does help build that connection and build trust with your audience. Um, some other other things, because I know that um, especially in the health space, uh, testimonials can be um, a tricky one, um, yes. probably best avoided. Yes. 
um, and, and things like case studies. So you can't really do a lot of that kind of thing that I would recommend to some businesses. But you can, um, if you're involved in any associations to do with the area of health that you're a part of, um, showing those logos and, and displaying the fact that you are part of those associations and, and displaying the qualifications you have and perhaps, you know, the university that you got the qualifications from or, or things like that, um, that is other things that can help to build trust and build your authority. Got it. And so I often see this on websites. So it might be in my case, you know, I'm a member of the, what used to be the Chiropractors Association, the Spinal Research Foundation. And then I could also put in there, you know, if I'm a regularly write for the leader newspaper, have appeared on Triple M radio station, those, I could put those kind of elements like as seen on or contributor to, would they be the kind of things that would build trust also? Absolutely, yeah. Because you, you then then you're establishing yourself as an authority, and you're also borrowing the authority of those media organisations that are probably well known to the people um, that you're, um, you know, to your patients and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. The, the the other good one that you can do that's a bit a bit sort of out of the box, but um, you can build trust by um, perhaps talking about the kind of ethical. Um, values that you have inside your business and and making a little logo or an icon that sort of shows that you know we care about this we have these values um and and that might be something that's important to your customer and and just showing that you are confidential and and uh in that that sort of thing can reinforce those those um that trust and that helpful content that you talked about underneath this umbrella of building trust, that would be things like in our blog posts and um, maybe even our social media posts that's linked as a part of it. Is that where we're delivering that kind of content, content that basically kind of helps our, our audience get a result? Yeah, it's it's good. And, and this also helps with SEO. If you have a few, if you have a, um, a page dedicated um to some really helpful content on the core problems that you solve, the course services that you offer, um, that then if people are searching for that particular thing, you've got a page about it on your website, so that can really help. But then you want to be publishing regular information on your blog post, sharing that out to social media, and and um, where possible, referencing that, those those core articles. Uh, pages of information that you have and all of that helps with your SEO and it helps to build trust because then people see that you are an expert and they go, right, this guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, and, and that really helps, especially if they're comparing you who is providing helpful content to someone else who isn't, that can really sometimes make the difference between who, who they choose. Justin, you talked about regularly. I know sometimes when I'm having a look at clients' websites, I go to their blog and their most recent blog post was in 2012. And it's funny the feeling I get when I view that. It's like, ah, this is out, out of date. And the information might be just as current now about what I need to do to help with, you know, X, Y, and Z. But there's that recency that's not there. So how often should we be adding new content in there so we have that recency and also that it helps with trust as well? SEO. Yeah, look, I, I would I would say at a minimum, um, publish something once a month. Uh, I know that people get busy, and if you can do that, then uh, that's that's you know that's acceptable. If you can get something out once a week, that is ideal, or every couple of days. Um, 
I know that, you know, sometimes that's very hard. Uh, a good thing to do is to batch that content so that then um, you, you, you spend one day creating a whole bunch of content. And we have a process for this as well where you, uh, like you, you often talk about creating videos, that allows you to then create other smaller bits of content like the text from that video and other things like that that you then have a whole stack of uh, stuff to share over the coming month. Yeah, great. So the new content could be blog posts, it could be video, it could be a podcast like we're doing now, as long as it's kind of regular content that you're producing and it's helpful to your audience as well. They're the key factors. Yeah, absolutely. And like you were saying, if if you visit a website and the last thing that they did was five years ago, then you sort of start thinking, well, are these guys still in business or, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> it really does hurt that trust factor if people have really old comments. In fact, I would say that if um, when it comes down to it, if you really are not, if you do have that going on and you're not going to publish regularly, turn your blog off. <laughs> Just delete that page from your website. You're better off not having it if, um, that, rather than having something that's five years old. Yeah, great point. And I would, I would, you know, totally agree with that too. Our next point, point number three, is all about kind of generating sales. And I guess in our case with our listeners, generate sales probably means getting people on the phone, actually ringing us and making an appointment. Is that but that's what it means? Yeah, absolutely. That's the, yeah, getting getting them from from this the stage where they're looking at your website to picking up the phone, sending an email, contact form, um, you know, booking in an appointment, whatever that happens to be for you and, and your website, how you've got it set up. Um, a good thing to do, and this is something that a lot of local businesses don't do, is um, try to capture a lead. So get people to indicate that they are interested in the sort of services that you're providing. They might have the, the kind of problem that you solve. Um, and you can do that by providing a bit of helpful content that they can sign in with their email address to, to receive. Uh, and that, that, that way you know that that person with that in, email address is interested in that sort of thing. You can follow up with them and form a relationship with them over a long time by providing them with more of the, the same kind of helpful content and that will eventually turn them into a, um, a loyal patient of yours. Uh, and another, another thing sort of just in terms of the website uh, and, and sort of a, a performance issue that I see a lot of business owners have is that they're not tracking what's actually going on on their website. They have no idea how many people are looking at their website and how many people are phoning up and, and that sort of thing. So simply tracking it and, and getting to know those numbers allows you to see where the problems are, where there's holes in your current website, and, and that then allows you to fix the problems. And so, how would we track it and how do we get that information? Yeah, there's a, there's a, um, a few different things you can do to um, set up that tracking. I would say the, the first step, to, um, to do would be to get um, Google Tag Manager. So if you've got a Google account, if you don't get one, um, but yeah, <laughs> set up Google Tag Manager um, and you might need help from a, a website developer to do this. It can get a little bit technical, but it's not, it's not too um, tricky. But you insert that Tag Manager on your website's um, code and that allows you to then put all the other tracking things into that tag manager. And the other things that I would be tracking are um, Google Analytics gives you information about what pages people are visiting on, how many people are visiting your website, um, and, and you can get some really useful data out of that. Uh, you'll, 
it'll tell you things like um, what kind of devices they're coming to you, whether they're coming from a mobile phone or on their desktop, um, and, and you can find out what pages they're most interested in, that sort of thing. Then another great tracking uh, is uh, Hotjar, or there are uh, other ones like it where you get heat map tracking and, and screen tracking. So you can see how people are interacting with your website, what they're actually clicking on on your design. And that can sometimes give you, give you some really good clues as to what's important on your website and what's really not and you should perhaps hide. Um, yeah, so those, those I think are the main, main three things. So I've got Google Analytics and a tag manager on there and I'm looking at the information. And so I, I, help me more with what, what I might find out from that. You know, so people are coming to my site. How would I use that information? So, you know, you're obviously managing this for lots of different sites. How do you use that for that being helpful to me as the small business, which we all are, um, what, what kind of things might I find out that might then help to guide my design and the first things we talked about, building trust, you know, those kind of stuff? Yeah, it, it, um, it can sort of vary from, um, from business to business. And uh, if, if we see that not many people are, are signing up for your main lead, then we can sort of have a think about, well, why might that be? And looking at the heat map tracking, we might find that, um, you know, no one's actually scrolling far enough down the page to see that lead magnet that you've got where they enter in the form. So we need to move that further up the page or or they're not going to the page that you thought they would all be going to that has your main service offering or um, something like that. The other thing is that finding out that 70% of your um, visitors to your website are coming from a mobile phone allows you to go, right, well, what's the mobile phone experience like? And uh, you might find when you look at it, um, that actually there's there's something really wrong with the way that's displaying on your mobile phone and that needs to be fixed and that will turn into a great result for your business. So it's there's no sort of blanket thing to look at, but there are a lot of clues that you can get from just looking at what are the pages that people visit the most, how much time do they spend on the page, what are they clicking on. That Yeah, there's, there's some... It takes a little bit of digging around, but you can get some really good information there. Yeah. See, I, I wonder as I'm kind of thinking through things, we might find out that, for instance, people are coming to your site and immediately bouncing off, which tells us that mm. we're not doing something great and we can start to investigate why that might be and, and, and troll. And I'm also wondering if there happened to be a particular blog post of mine that lots of people were going to and spending lots of time on, it might make sense to link that right back on the homepage there as one of your helpful pieces of content to kind of get the traffic even more so through to that. Is that, is that a fair kind of idea? Absolutely. Yeah. If you find something that's a really hot topic, that's working well for you, obviously do more of it and promote that more. And you might need, you might find that you want to work that message into your core message at the top of your homepage. If it's, if it's not already there and things like bounce rate can be a bit of a deceptive metric because what it means is that people are looking at your website and they might be reading through your entire blog post and then they go back to Facebook. And that will come up as a bounce. So you might have given them some really good information. They might have thought these guys are great and they're going to keep following you, but it comes up as a bounce. So it can be a little bit deceptive, but yes, it is an indication that the person has not gone further into your website and looked at other pages and checked you out. They've, um, they've gone back to wherever they came from, whether that was Google or, uh, um, or, you know, or they've just closed down the browser or something like that. 
Got it. Now, to move on to this next point, because you, you sort of touched on it before when we talked about mobile devices and what does it look like on your mobile devices. So you talk about easy access is our point number four in terms of our health, out, health check. What, let's talk about this concept of, of easy access. Yeah, sure. So that's, um, I've, again, I've made this easy access a bit of an umbrella sort of term to cover mobile responsiveness, but also um, depending on your market, you might be dealing with elderly patients um, that have trouble using computers, have trouble with vision. Um, so you want to make sure that your website really is easy for them to use and easy for them to get in touch with you or um, book an appointment to find your phone number, those, those sort of basic things. You want to make sure that it's um, you're covering all those bases that are appropriate to your target market. And then, yeah, on mobile devices, especially if you do have a high number of people using mobile devices, you want to make sure that that experience is good. Um, these days, we don't create separate mobile websites. We just restructure the existing website to make it um, mobile friendly so it lays out in a in a way that's easier to use the, the menu is easier to click on and um, you don't need to scroll around and that sort of thing yeah and that's pretty easy to check you know what i would suggest that our listeners do is you know put in their domain on their mobile device and have a look at it um, you know i've been caught by mine uh, not long ago they went wow that really doesn't come up great at all um, yeah. and thankfully now many of our wordpress frameworks those kind of things that to naturally do a lot of this for you as well so uh, yeah. and most most business owners are looking at their own website while they're at work with their computer in front of them they're not often looking at their own website on their phone but most of your customers especially in the health space probably are using a mobile phone because they go oh that's right i really should do something about that back and then they jump straight on the phone and, and check it out yeah, I, I, and again, you would find, I'm seeing this, we would find all of that kind of, when we're at data from beforehand from the Google Analytics, uh, you know, from the traffic, what's what's going there. So making sure that our site has easy access to. This next one here is a topic that I've had some real difficulties with in the past. And uh, <laughs> so all about loading fast. Why is that important? How fast should it be? What things can I do to speed up the rate of load of uh, my, my site? Because it can have a huge impact, I'm told. It can, yeah, it really can make a massive difference. I think there was a study done by Amazon a little while ago and they found that every second of um, speed, load speed, that they sliced off how long it takes their, their website to load um, gave them an extra, uh, I think it was like 3% of sales conversions and, and, and that for that business, you know, turns into, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but it, it's still equally important for a small business because that, um, that loading time, um, for some people who have maybe a, a dodgy connection, I know that a lot of areas in Australia have dodgy MBN <laughs> or, or don't have MBN. Yeah, it, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it is important to make sure that it loads as fast as possible for those kinds of people. And, um, also on, on phones and that sort of thing, sometimes uh, the how fast it loads can be an issue and people do get impatient. People will hit back. If a website's not loading fast enough for them, they just go, oh, and they go back to Google and they click the next one on the list and then you've lost that customer. So it really is important to make sure that you do um, load your website really fast and the main things that you can do to achieve that um, are 
implementing what's called caching. It's a bit of a technical term, but essentially what that means is that a copy of your website is saved in their computer or saved in a um, data center close to their computer. So it makes it a lot faster to load up that website. Um, and there's, there's a few different ways that you can do that. Again, you, you might be better off talking to your website developer about that. Um, but implementing caching is definitely important. There are a lot of different caching tools that you can use in WordPress. Uh, another tool I use is Cloudflare. And this is a, a service that provides um, that network of data centers around the world in all major cities so that when um, people are click on your website, they're not actually getting the files from the initial server. They're just getting it from the closest Cloudflare um, data center. And that makes it a lot faster to load. Uh, some other things are having a look at the images on your website and making sure that, you know, if they're displaying this big on the page, they're not actually this big. <laughs> you know, you want to make sure that they're appropriately sized um, and there are other tools that you can use to optimize those images and make sure that, um, they, you, you can um, crunch them down to smaller yeah. file sizes and still retain the same level of quality. Yes. And you want to make sure that you're doing that with all of your images. Another trick as well is with videos on your website, having that video script on the, on the page does actually slow down the load time of your website. And it, uh, uh, um, again, this is a bit more of a technical trick, but instead of embedding the video directly onto the page, you can have an image there that looks like the video. And then once users click on that image, then it loads up the video script. So it means that they get onto that page quicker yes. and that only that loading time only happens once they've clicked on the video to view it. Yeah, great. Yeah, I, I mean, I like you mentioned before, I've read time and time again of the impact of load speed. And, and, you know, we live in this society nowadays that wants instant results with everything. And, you know, I've found myself at times too, if I'm kind of thumbing through, I click on a link. If it's not loading immediately uh, and if I'm not mm. super interested, then I'm out of there really, uh, really quickly as well. So load speed. There are a bunch of plugins and stuff that, you know, we have them on our website too that helps to automatically kind of squash those images down and uh, you know i've got even some things just on my mac that kind of helps to do that as as well so mm. on to point number six which i guess kind of everything has gone into so far we've talked about kind of ranking high so what's your thoughts on you know anything else to add to that from what we've spoken about so far yeah so and the um uh, just another point is that loading fast does actually affect how high you rank google have not now made it an um a factor in their rankings they want to Google want to provide a good experience to the people who use Google. Yes. So they want to make sure that um, the websites that are coming up the top do load fast for them, and especially on mobile. So if you are looking at mobile, there are some more tricky things you can do there. Um, there's a new um, code structure called AMP that Google are using that make your um, websites load really fast on mobile devices. Um, that's sort of another topic. Um, but yeah, apart from those sort of core things that we've already covered, really what gets you the bulk of the way there with SEO and with ranking high in Google is solving problems, answering questions, um, providing useful content on a regular basis and making sure that you just, you know, you give an appropriate and good title to the pieces of content um, that, that is relevant to the problem that you're solving. Um, so just giving it, um, good lengthy titles, 
publishing it regularly and sharing it out onto social media. That really gets you the bulk of the way there. Um, there are a lot of tricky things you can do and technical things, but um, yeah, that's, as I, as I mentioned, that's sort of, you know, that's a lot we could dive into there. As a, probably as for another podcast. <laughs> Justin, does Google care about dwell time, how long somebody's on the site? Is that a concept um, that they would take into account? I don't know if that's the right word to use, dwell time, but is that, you know, if, I, if I'm, is there any kind of logic that if somebody comes to my site, spends a bunch of time on there, that they're doing a search for something over there and spends a bunch of time on there, is that something that will help the authority of my site and then ultimately, uh, you know, the SEO over time if people are doing that? Yes, I believe so. Now, that's actually not a topic that I've looked at for a while. So, uh, but I do think that the um, things like bounce rate and, um, yeah, the, the amount of time that people are spending on the site does have a slight Im impact, um, but it's not a very strong ranking signal. Yes. Um, so, yeah, and, and it, yeah, I, I can't remember the particulars of that off the top of my head. Because oh, I know in the early days here, and this, you know, I started a, my own little case study to see what was happening. You know, so here in Port Melbourne, there are a bunch of really great chiropractors around and many of them spending, uh, you know, good money on getting people to really help them rank uh, to work as, as well. And my strategy was really simple. I went, you know what, I've got a good database of patients. Um, I'm going to make a weekly video and then I'm going to email all my patients and say, go on over here and watch my video. And so I had people each and every week going over to my site, watching videos, spending time on the site there too. When I kind of began this experiment, my site wasn't even coming up on page one, but within six months, my site has gone to the top of page one. And last 10 years, it hasn't dissipated from there. So we regularly create content. We regularly have people going over there and they regularly spend a reasonable amount of time on there as well. Uh, and I wonder because, you know, I often get really concerned when I hear of people coming to me about outsmarting Google. I'm like, man, these dudes mm. are the smartest characters going around. And if you think that you, <laughs> your little local, you know, South Melbourne um, internet ranking place is going to outsmart them, then I, I yeah. would tell our audience to be really concerned about those kind of promises in the same way that anybody promises you mm. they've got the secret to your health. It's a process that goes through, and Justin's done a really good job. We've got more points to go through. But this is a process rather than an event of us building on all of these things. It's going to give you a really great asset as far as, you know, a website goes um, as well. So, you know, my two bob there on what's yeah. worked really well for me and my practice website. Absolutely. And I'm not sure if it's necessarily the amount of time that people are spending on your site, but just the fact that you are publishing quality content and videos, Google know that that sort of thing is valued by, um, by people on, you know, looking yeah. for information on the internet. So they're going to show the websites that are publishing regular valuable information in multimedia formats. And there's a good chance that those people that you um, had watching your videos were, were sharing that occasionally yes. with their friends and in other places. And that's another thing that helps. So Google use a lot of different ranking signals to, to see what is the most valuable website on that topic. And that's, that's what it all boils down to. You've got to be the most valuable website on the internet on that topic. Yeah. And then Google will put you up the top. Yeah. Got it. And I think too, cause you know, not to have that be overwhelming for our audience, but you know, you've got to be the most valuable website 
on the topic of chiropractor Port Melbourne. You know, not exactly. the most valuable yeah. person <laughs> all of chiropractic on all of, yes. you know, health on all of spinal care. You know, that's a different mm-hmm. thing there too. But, you know, if somebody's looking for chiropractor Port Melbourne or naturopath Sydney or, or whatever it is that they're likely to put in there too, how do you get yourself up there with that too to just perhaps take a little bit of overwhelm of our audience? As, yeah, you know, absolutely. So. And, and it, is a, it is a bit of a... Um, uh, uh, something that people trip over all the time is they try to go for those big overarching words to, to rank for. You don't want to be number one in Australia for chiropractor. No. It, it, like it's not even worth going for that because most of the people searching for that are trying to find out what is a chiropractor, you know, or something like that, or they're doing a school project on chiropractor. Or, you know, you, don't, you just don't know. You want to be coming up in Google for the types of things that people are searching for to solve their problem. So um, something like bad back chiropractor, Port Melbourne, yes. that is a piece of gold. Yes. Um, you know, like, yeah, that's the sort of thing that you want to be coming up for. And, and with those local searches, there are a few other things you can do. It's really important that you um, claim your Google My Business listing. So that local listing um, in it, so go to Google My Business, I think it, it, it is. They've changed the name of it several times. And make sure you claim claim that listing, put in as much information as you can, link your social media accounts to your Google My Business listing and your website. Make sure that Google is well aware that all of these things are all about you. And that really helps Google put the pieces together and go, right, this guy is in Port Melbourne. So when people are searching there, we'll put him up. Yeah, great point. On to point number seven, which is all about stay secure. What does that mean? Mm. Yeah, so there's it is really important to um, to like security is a very big thing, obviously on the internet, and and especially as a health professional, people want to feel that sense of security. So if they're coming to your website and they're getting a malware alert, alert warning or something like that on their browser, that's really going to hurt that trust factor. Um, immediately uh, because they know that you're, you, you are storing sensitive data about their, their personal information. They want to make sure that they can trust you with security. So it is important that you do that. There is another thing. The uh, website address should be HTTPS. Yes. And that means that you have an SSL certificate. That means that your data is encrypted as it travels through the internet from your website. Um, at, like that information is secure. Google have, again, made this a ranking factor. So if you're not using the HTTPS, you, you will have a lower ranking score. And it um, gives, gives you that little, little security icon up in the top of the browser. Again, that's another trust factor. Um, but aside from that, you also want to make sure that your website is secure so that you don't go through the headache and heartache that comes with having your your site hacked. Um, apart from being damaging to your brand, it can kill two days of productivity for yourself as you're trying to work out what's going on and paying someone to fix it. I've, I've gone through this with a, a number of people who've come to us going, help, you know, and it, it really is an ordeal that you want to avoid. So make sure that you are keeping all the software in your website up to date. You have someone who's looking after that on a regular basis um, that monthly updates. We do this for, for our clients. We keep everything secure. We know when it's appropriate to install things and when there's an urgent security update that needs to be patched straight away. Um, 
those sort of things are important. And then also having a firewall plugin that stops those spam bots and um, malware programs that are just automatically trying to get into your website because they are out there on the internet all over the place trying to get into all the websites to, for whatever reason, there's a, I, don't, I don't really understand who creates these things, but they do. Um. <laughs> way too much time on their hands, I, I reckon. <laughs> I mean, that just seems like a no-brainer, the security one. So, uh, you know, I, I visited a site just earlier on in the week of a guy whose stuff I really like, and I went to his home site, followed a link there, and he hadn't done the HTTPS, hadn't had that. And it was interesting because it kind of popped up saying this site is unsecure. And it was like, oh, yeah. do I really want to spend time on, on here as well? It was really quite repulsive. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of got mm-hmm. out of the site. I'm sure nothing nasty would have happened to me if I had have stayed there as well. Really great guy, terrific yeah. coach there as well. And, you know, we need to make sure that we're taking little steps like that as, as well. The final point is all about kind of building assets. So step number eight there as well is building assets. What, what, what do you mean by that? So your website is a asset for your business. It helps you to, um, uh, you know, build profit and and grow your business and all that sort of thing. So over time, uh, if you decide to sell your practice and sell your business, that website is a value valuable asset and and part of that business package that you can sell. So make sure you're thinking about it like that and and all the content that you're providing and putting onto it and helping it rank in Google, that's all building an asset. It's a long-term asset that over time increases in value. It's not decreasing in value and it can be sold. So you've got to make sure that you're you're thinking about that. Um, Even though you're spending time and you're not seeing an immediate result, this is a long-term game and um, all this stuff does have a, um, yeah, have value uh, later on down the track. The other things that you can be doing in terms of building assets uh, is your email database. Having that email database is an asset for you. You can, if you're having, um, you know, a slow period, you can get in touch with the email database and and generate some more patients out of it. Um, and that again is is something that you can sell when you when you go to sell your business later on down the track. Um, other things that you could be doing is there's a thing called uh, remarketing and you might have experienced this when you go to an e-commerce store and you look at a pair of shoes or something and then um, you go oh yeah I might not get them and then later on you're reading the news and you see a picture of those shoes up there saying hey do you want these shoes Um, that sort of thing um, it's it's called remarketing what they're doing there is when you visit the website you can be cookied um, so that there's a bit of code in your in your browser that says you've been to that website and you can show ads directly to those people. So people who might not have opted in with their email address, you can still be, they've come to your website. So they must be kind of interested in what you have to show. You want to be careful about it. You don't want to be spammy, but you can just be like, Hey, if you have problems with back pain, you know, check out this solution or something like that. Um, and that can just remind people that you're there. And, and over time having that remarketing list can be an asset for your business as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that concept of, I guess, getting into the audience's mind that when somebody comes to your website and then leaves, it doesn't mean they don't like you. It doesn't mean they don't want to use your service. It just means that they're not ready right now. 
And this, I think it's one of the really most important concepts to, to, to get into. And then even, you know, when you talked about that kind of remarketing, rather than even popping an offer in front of them, what we teach a lot of our coaching clients inside Community Influencer to do, these are the people that over on Facebook that you want to make sure that they're seeing your helpful videos. And if you can get to that stage where they're going, oh, my God, that Angus dude is everywhere. Like I just watched a great video on Instagram. I watched a great video over there on Facebook. I saw it. And you can take somebody through that buyer's cycle where they get to the stage where they know, like, and trust you enough that they're happy to get on the phone there and remarketing. I feel like we could have another whole conversation about that at, a, at another time there as, as well. So, um, <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, yeah, that's, again, building that trust and authority stuff. And, and this is uh, just for the, the technical side of thing, that remarketing code, you get that from Google or from Facebook and you, you put that into your Google Tag Manager um, and that means that you don't have heaps of these tracking codes and scripts and stuff slowing down your website. And then with those, those platforms, um, Google and Facebook, um, having those banner ads out there can actually be very inexpensive as well. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. So it's really worth doing um, for the amount of um, brand and authority and, and trust that it builds with your, with your audience. Uh, it really is um, great value for money. Because you're not paying when people see it, you're paying when people click. And quite often they'll see it, you know, 20 times and before they click. Yeah, great stuff. Justin, what a valuable framework. We've taken our way through eight steps as well. So for all of our listeners, over on adiomedia.com forward slash podcast, head to this episode with Justin and I and all of those eight points plus the other links uh, that we spoke about will be there as well. If you're wanting somebody to hold your hand through this, and I want to remind you, your job is to be a great chiropractor, great naturopath, a great Chinese med practitioner. And when we have great people as a part of our team, it can help us do what we know is, is best. So Justin, if people want to kind of get in contact with you, what website should they go to? How do they reach out and find out about how you can help guide them through this process way faster? For sure. Yeah. So tunedwp.com, that's tuned with a D wp.com is our website and on there we have um we have we have our our services where we can audit your website and find out all the things that uh, could be improved to get you a better result and improve the performance of your website and then we can do the ongoing hosting maintenance and support to to make those small changes over time as your business grows we'll look after you and and make sure that uh you're performing as best as you can got it so is there a cost for that audit Yes, um, there there is two ways we can we can do it. Actually, I offer the audit on its own for two hundred dollars US. Yes, or if you if you're signing up for our unlimited support um, plan where we look after everything, we'll actually do that audit um, at no extra charge. It's free included in that service. We do that at the start um, before we. Got um, it. Start okay, so website. for two hundred bucks um, US dollars, somebody can you you'll go through meticulously all eight of these points and give somebody a health mm. report back, and then they can work out what to do from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Sounds like a no-brainer to me, gang. So tunedwp.com. All the links will be over on the show as well. So Justin, thanks for being so generous today. It's such a brilliant framework. I was really excited about talking today whole bunch of things that I'm going to check with regards to my site as well. So any final thoughts that you want to leave our audience with? Uh, no, just, um, just, yeah, focus on, focus on the, the, the client and helping them out. That's, that's really the key. 
Yeah, great point. Great point. <laughs> well, gang, again, as always, this has been the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for all that you guys continue to do out there. Your communities need you. You're saving lives each and every day. So until next time, over and out. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Angus. Cheers. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now, you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.